Naturally occurring black pigments in vegetables, spices, and seeds have been found to have powerful anti-inflammatory effects. Hi, this is Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and I'm excited about what I think may be the next big thing in anti-inflammatory supplements, a brand new all-natural daily preventative against a host of possible inflammatory issues. Black for Health Liquid Extract from Future Farm Botanicals. Black for Health combines four plant-based foods, black garlic, black radish root, black cumin seed, and black peppercorn containing high levels of body-ready healing botanicals. Black for Health supports your liver, skin, cholesterol, blood pressure, and weight management, circulation, and immunity. It's a tasty supplement with liposome complex for optimal absorption. For more information or to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's myfuture. Farm, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. The subject is autoimmunity, and we're talking about natural approaches to autoimmunity. Our guest is Dr. Angela Luchterhand. Uh, she's a doctor of chiropractic. And uh, she's an expert in functional medicine, which is the medicine that I espouse. Uh, she is also uh, active uh, teaching and uh, working with health professionals and the general public, explaining complex subjects like autoimmunity. Uh, she is now director of product and program marketing at Orthomolecular Products. Uh, you can find them at what is it? Orthomolecular.com? Yep. Okay. And uh, they're, they're a very fine product line. I've been using them for many, many years. Uh, it's a company of highest integrity, and uh, they don't cut corners on quality. They're available to you via Fullscript, which is my online dispensary. Uh, so, okay, let's talk about uh, some strategies for autoimmunity. You're presented with a patient with autoimmunity, and, you know, you're in the search for triggers, but what are some of the things that you might uh, initiate with that person? I think because of the underlying etiology, really having intestinal permeability at the heart of it, that's my number one tool to reverse autoimmunity. So heal, heal the gut first and foremost. Heal the gut first and foremost. And there's probably two uh, things that are contributing to that most. One is inflammation in general, but two is just the diet, the lifestyle that you live on a daily basis. Many things that we do, not just what we eat, but even stress can cause leaky gut or intense exercise can cause leaky gut. Yeah. So, so I find that, you know, when people come to me and they say, well, you know, I tried this protocol for leaky gut or I went gluten free, they're not understanding the totality of what needs to occur to really have that healing happen. Yeah, the folks who just completed the marathon, there are actually studies on this, is that very intense exercise, not just, you know, moderate exercise, which is fine, but very intense uh, exertion can cause uh, a breakdown in the, in the gut barrier. And, uh, you know, that can, can lead to problems. That's actually how we study leaky gut. That's yeah. how we cause it and therefore can study how to intervene is, is to have intense exercise. Right. You can't put rats in a treadmill, but you can put humans <laughs> on, uh, you know, on the, the five boroughs of New York and then study them afterwards. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, so diet, very important. So is there such a thing as an optimal diet or is, does it have to be very individualized for autoimmunity? 
I think there's elements to it that are going to be consistent among everybody. And that's going to be what regulates your blood sugar, what uh, contributes to an anti-inflammatory state. Are you avoiding the proteins like gluten and dairy that tend to contribute to intestinal permeability or leaky gut? Same thing with alcohol. But then there's going to be some personalization uh, based on what your preferences are, what your lifestyle is. And then there may even be some personalization based on the condition. So I may treat Crohn's since it's an intestinal autoimmune disease a little bit differently than I do, let's say, Hashimoto's from Hmm. a dietary perspective. It it seems to me extremely important for certain autoimmune conditions to avoid gluten. And and particularly, I find that in patients with autoimmune thyroid problems, whether it be Graves disease or whether it be Hashimoto's. Do you agree? I do agree. I think gluten is probably the number one offender. And I have gone back and forth in my mind many times about whether or not it was wheat in general, or what we've done to wheat, and some of that idea of impact on the microbiome, etc. But even in healthy individuals, uh, Dr. Fasano has done uh, immense amount of research now at this point, even in healthy individuals, you do have an increase in zonulin when you ingest gluten. Mm-hmm. So if you're somebody with autoimmune disease, you can just consider that exponential. Okay, so that's at the very least, eliminate gluten. And then there's something called the AIP, the autoimmune paleo diet. Can you describe that? So autoimmune paleo is probably, in my opinion, the most restrictive dietary intervention for autoimmune diseases. It goes as far as to not just remove things like grains and dairy, but also removing things that could be immunogenic like eggs or nuts. And in my clinical experience, what I find is those that have severe conditions that are non-responsive to a just a general paleo diet can sometimes take it a step further and add that autoimmune protocol portion of it and get good results. And that tends to be a smaller percentage for me. It would be more used in my clinic in something like rheumatoid arthritis, mm-hmm. but it's not the one that I jump to generally or need to, to reverse an autoimmune disease. Do, do you believe that the nightshades play a role in some uh, rheumatic conditions? That may be why some, you know, rheumatoid arthritis type patients are more responsive to it. You know, the whole phytic acid, lectins, nightshades, all of those sort of gray area offenders are why the AIP diet is so restrictive. But I I generally do not find that it's necessary to remove Mm -hmm. all that for most people. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you want uh, the food to be unadulterated and organic because you don't want to have a lot of chemicalized food or with emulsifiers and colorants and additives, preservatives, and so on. Yeah, I think the the trick is removing things that negatively impact your blood sugar, removing things that negatively impact your microbiome, removing things that negatively impact um, inflammation, and then just making sure that you're optimizing nutrient density, which is why one of the principles of the AIP diet, but paleo in general, is things like ingesting organ meats, such as liver. They've got massive amounts of nutrients. They're probably the most nutrient-dense types of foods, but they're things that we don't eat typically in our culture or even fermented foods to contribute to the microbiome. It's something that every other culture does, but you know, Americans tend to avoid those types of foods. Indeed. Yeah. That's to, you know, where many other cultures are nose to tail, as you might have discovered in Mali, because they value mm-hmm. all parts of the animal because uh, you know, protein is scarce. 
they want to mm-hmm. take advantage of it like uh, Native Americans used to. Uh, so, uh, is there uh, a role for for fiber in all of this? The right kind of fiber. Yes, I think anytime you're going to prioritize fruits, vegetables, meats, nuts, and seeds, and things of that nature, you're going to have a a slant towards having good fibers. Um, paleo does take out things like beans and grains because of the mineral binding capacity that they have. Although I do find if you properly prepare those things, they no longer become an issue. So soaking beans in an acidic environment or nuts in a salty environment, but we just, we live in a convenience driven society and sprouting things, fermenting them, soaking them is just too time consuming. So if you can get those nutrients from other places, um, then you can do that without things like beans and grains. But then that means you have to be a little bit more cognizant about where am I getting my fiber from and making sure that you're eating things with fiber in them. What about the role of medications? You know, a lot of patients with uh, autoimmune uh, arthritis are taking uh, NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Uh, They Mm -hmm. mess up the gut. Uh, A lot of patients, uh, as a result of that, it's kind of like, you know, you take one thing and you take another thing to alleviate the problem that the first thing caused uh, are taking acid blocking medications. Double trouble, right? Yeah, I think a lot of those medications, you run into a couple issues. One is... A, they have an impact on the immune system, but they are often detrimental to digestion and or the gut, which we just talked about being the epicenter for where this immune reaction can happen. Um, And then the other part of that is its influence on things like cortisol. So when we think about light patterns, this is very... um, important when we talk about food. We talk about food lots of times in terms of what should we eat and shouldn't we eat. But the reality is, is there's a huge part of food timing that impacts these things too. Impacting your cortisol is going to influence your immune system because cortisol and melatonin have different impacts on the immune system, which is why sometimes you can see melatonin uh, interventions in certain autoimmune diseases uh, prove to be beneficial, maybe even put them in remission. I don't think it's rocket science, but I do think it means we need to think more about when are we eating? When are we being exposed mm-hmm. to light? Are we taking uh, things that are impacting cortisol, like the you know steroids and things like that that are often prescribed? Because that will also hinder someone's ability to heal. Right. And, and steroids kill your uh, androgens. And we know that females more prone to autoimmunity. And so uh, in some studies, and I'm sure you're aware of this, in lupus, for example, giving uh, female patients DHEA, uh, which is very much suppressed by corticosteroids, can be can be helpful and helpful in both sexes as well. Yeah, I've never used DHEA personally for a part of my protocol in autoimmune patients, but there are definitely studies associated with lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, and IBD that I know of. They're usually higher amounts of DHEA, and we do know that DHEA is anti-inflammatory and chronic stress decreases DHEA. So even just the ability to manage stress can have a huge impact on whether or not you're able to heal. Okay, so uh, in orthomolecular has given a lot of thought to how to support patients with uh, immune problems. And they've come up with some some novel uh, ways. So can you describe some of those? I would say from a product perspective, 
most people are focusing on things that heal the gut. So things like probiotics, which are there's tons of them on the market. There's tons to choose from. In the world of probiotics, diversity is king. But once again, that's sort of a transient intervention because you're going to maybe have, depending on if it's a spore or a non-spore, they're only going to live in the gut for about seven days. And then you've got to be able to repopulate your own microbiome, which is where fiber kind of comes in. Most of us have also heard about glutamine being the fuel for enterocytes to actually heal that leaky gut. Um, it happens fairly quickly because the gut has cells that turn over fairly quickly. So it's actually a positive in some sense that those turn over pretty um, regularly. But I would say the most, the two most overlooked and and really important elements in intervention would be immunoglobulins and mitochondrial support. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, and this is, a, we're getting a little bit into some, um, with the immunoglobulins, an area that I think some of our listeners are less familiar with. So can you uh, describe that? This is actually sort of a recent innovation that uh, orthomolecular, I think, has been one of the leaders in. Yes, from a historic perspective, usually you're getting immunoglobulins or passive immunity from mom when you're breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. So there has been an adaptation over time on how can we utilize that to our benefit. And that's where the idea of using colostrum has come into the picture because colostrum is the first milk of a mammal that would contain a large amount of antibodies. So when you ingest those, you also have what's called a passive immunity that is those immunoglobulins that would typically bind to those pathogens will bind in the gut and then you will poop them out for removal. The problem that comes about with people who have autoimmune diseases is what did we just say one of the biggest offenders is in terms of leaky gut is dairy. Mm -hmm. And some of that is dairy's influence on insulin levels, but it is a protein that many adults don't handle very well. And so the idea of getting those same immunoglobulins that bind to some of the most offensive inflammatory parts of pathogens, there's something from a gram-negative bacteria cell wall called lipopolysaccharide or LPS. Mm -hmm. We know that those immunoglobulins bind to those things. And for the same reason why we would take gluten out of your diet or dairy out of your diet to remove that offender, taking immunoglobulins does that same thing for pathogens or parts of pathogens that would contribute to the problem. Another word for these uh, lipopolysaccharides is endotoxins. And endotoxins yes. are thought to be the, the bad things that seep across leaky gut into the systemic circulation and create havoc. So it, in effect, the, the, IgG products uh, heal the gut, but they also bind to some of the toxins. Is that the idea? That's correct. And so with colostrum, there's a little bit less study data on exactly what they're binding to. It's going to be somewhat dependent on the cow's exposure to mm -hmm. pathogens. That's going to give its binding repertoire. Um, but with the serum, derived bovine immunoglobulins, also known as SBI, there's a lot more study data on exactly what they bind to. And the binding repertoire tends to be a little bit more robust. We do know that they bind specifically to LPS, although they bind to tons of different, um, you know, antigens that would stimulate an immune response. And when you're talking about turning down inflammation or resolving inflammation so that the gut can heal, binding those is a huge 
part of intervention for those folks. So there seem to be different products. I think one is SBI uh, Protect, or one is SBI, and another one is IgG Protect. Am I correct? Correct. So IgG Protect is a colostrum-based, and so that's dairy. Mm-hmm. The SBI is a serum-based, so there's no dairy dairy proteins at all. Exactly. Okay. And is there any guidelines that you use to use one or the other? I tend to find that SBI early on is better tolerated by autoimmune conditions. And then when you see some resolution of the intestinal permeability, whether you're running stool analyses or you're just, you know, tracking autoantibodies, then they can usually handle some of the IgG protect without it being an issue, but it's not more economical, I guess, too, right? Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. Is that the full repertoire of gut healing um, products? Yeah, I would say in conjunction with your dietary interventions, I'm big on bone broth as well. But from a supplement perspective, you're looking at glutamine, probiotics, Mm -hmm. and immunoglobulins, also known as antibodies, are your your three big ones. Okay, folks, at this point, let's pause and allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to share this vital message with you. Here goes. This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Healthy Aging, providing you with the unique energy support of Pure NT Factor. NT Factor is the only nutritional formula clinically proven to reduce fatigue, whatever the cause, whether it be age, illness, or just being run down. NT Factor from Nutritional Therapeutics repairs damaged cells and restores healthy bacteria in your digestive tract. Clinical trials have shown NT Factor reduces fatigue by almost half, and it even reverses some symptoms of aging. I've been taking NT Factor for years with a 45-day money-back guarantee of nothing to lose. To order, call 800-982-9158. That's 800-982-9158. Or go to ntfactor.com. That's ntfactor.com. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine your free resource on health. And now back to today's guest, Dr. Angela Lutterhand. Okay, so there's a lot of itis. Uh, you know, virtually every autoimmune condition uh, ends in I-T-I-S. And so there's a lot of inflammation involved. What are some of the strategies for quelling inflammation? I would say remove the offender. Yeah. So that's part of what's happening with diet and lifestyle intervention. When we think about anti-inflammatory supplements, lots of times we're talking about high-dose fish oil, which I really love because that also helps cell membrane function and cell signaling. Um, but you could also use things like turmeric. I think most People are are, uh, familiar with something called curcumin, which is a part of turmeric. But I would say um, I'm not a fan of liposomal forms of those types of ingredients because when we're talking about plants, Mm -hmm. one of the major target tissues for plant compounds is actually the microbiome. So the microbiome takes those plant compounds and turns them into things that don't exist otherwise. And so when you do something like a liposome to force absorption, then you sort of bypass that oh, element. Okay, that's interesting. So you're saying you would just like all that curcumin not to be taken up uh, above the the lower GI tract, uh, the small intestine, uh, and get in the bloodstream. You want it to actually work inside the gut. 
Yeah, there hasn't been a single study that show a higher level of curcumin in serum actually gets better clinical outcomes. And there's actually been studies where they've taken turmeric and removed curcumin from it and mm -hmm. still had positive impacts on rheumatoid factor, mm -hmm. inflammation markers, etc. So it just breeds this question in your mind, like if it's not just curcumin or if we get more into serum and it doesn't actually change outcomes the way we would expect, then how is it working? And the more microbiome research that's come out, we find that the microbiome does things to these plant compounds mm -hmm. that we are unable to do um, ourselves with, okay. you know, so technology. You, so yours is a little bit of a departure from the industry standard, which uh, is now moving more towards liposomal forms of curcumin. Correct. Okay. Uh, and the product, I've, it, the name escapes me for now, but I, I take it. <laughs> What's it called? Tereva. 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 Is, Tereva. Uh, yeah. Yes. I, yeah, I just ordered a case of it. Um, okay, so um, what about, are there any other anti-inflammatory uh, compounds that you like, Boswellin, for example? Um, yes, I think anything that's going to stabilize mast cells is also another really important one, especially for the neurologic conditions, things like quercetin and whatnot. Okay. We're realizing, you know, how influential mast cells and histamine and the influence on leukotrienes and prostaglandins and all those inflammatory things that we talk about. If you can stabilize mast cells, some of those plant compounds have a really profound effect as well. Okay. So now let's focus on the mitochondria because a common denominator of many of these autoimmune conditions is, you know, extreme fatigue, exhaustion, and brain fog, depression, uh, which suggests that the brain is, uh, you know, instead of a 100-watt light bulb, it's a it's a 25-watt light bulb, like the kind that you have in your refrigerator. It's not, you know, putting out enough energy because of the chronic inflammation um, or the chronic mitochondrial uh, dysfunction. So how do you, mm -hmm. what are some of the strategies for supporting the mitochondria? I'm actually a huge fan of food timing for that perspective too. So when you are not digesti digesting, mm -hmm. you have the ability to go through something called autophagy, which right. is the same thing for mitochondria called mitophagy. So having periods of time where you're not digesting digesting any food can be important um, in terms like time of time restricted feeding or, or intermittent yes. fasting, mm -hmm. which yep, yeah. there's, there's many patterns of fasting, mimicking diet, things like that, that can induce autophagy or mitophagy exercise does the same thing. There are um, some compounds that mimic fasting. So things like resveratrol is one of those you, you may have heard of the before. Two in pathway and so on. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And so there's some of that element to it. I think that the mitochondrial role in T cell surveillance, so your body's ability to even have a surveillance mechanism and know which T cell to differentiate into is dictated by mitochondria. And many of um, things that are driving mitochondrial production of ATP, which is the energy component of that, are going to be things like acetyl L-carnitine. And if you think about it like an exhaust system, if you're driving production of ATP or you're driving energy production, you're also driving reactive oxygen species, which is kind of like exhaust. So you mm -hmm. better be taking in antioxidants at the same time, things like NAC or N-acetylcysteine, um, alpha-lipoic acid is another one. And there's actually been studies done on high doses of acetyl L-carnitine, ALA, and NAC together, mm -hmm. having immune um, sort of reconstitution, if you will, in HIV patients. So it really is a, a potent trio of nutrients to, to address some of that. Right. So 
Uh, what about uh, the role that vitamin D might play in autoimmunity? That that seems to be a real mediator of uh, immunity. Yeah, vitamin D is like a hormone, right? And we do know, we don't know if it's the chicken or the egg, but we do know that many autoimmune patients, just like they test low in DHEA in many conditions, they almost always, same thing with cancer, test low in vitamin D. So vitamin D supplementation can be a big deal. It acts as a hormone in the body, so it's influential in many mechanisms, um, but it also regulates tight junctions and tight junction repair. So that whole leaky gut story, again, is also a part of the vitamin D story. So have we missed anything in our suite of nutrients here? Um, no, I think that those are the big ones. And like I said, there's there's a huge focus on mitochondrial support, inflammation, and um, leaky gut. And outside of that, a ton of lifestyle intervention. And somebody's got about 80% of that puzzle then. Indeed. So in your experience, uh what are you, you mentioned uh, a case that uh, attracted a lot of attention? Is it mm -hmm. possible uh, to turn the corner on even you know moderate to severe autoimmune conditions via natural uh, lifestyle measures and supplementation? Yeah, I think that um, anybody should have hope that it's totally possible to put it into remission and live a totally normal lifestyle free of medication and or constant symptoms for the rest of their life. However, I will say the caveat to that is how long have you had it and how much tissue damage has occurred? So, for example, if you've got rheumatoid and your joints have suffered a lot of destruction, you can't really undo a lot of that. You can turn off the mechanism mm -hmm. that's making it worse. But same thing with thyroid. If you've had it long enough that mm -hmm. the amount of cells have deteriorated to the point where you may need some medication like, um, you know, armor or nature thyroid or something like that supplementally um, would be helpful. But if you catch it early enough, you can totally expect full remission, in my opinion. So it's not binary. It's not an either or, you know, use uh, conventional therapies or resort to natural alternatives. Uh, you can use an all of the above approach and you can integrate uh, natural interventions even when patients are attempting to wean off or reduce medications. Yeah, and I think that's the best of both worlds. Why not leverage every tool in the toolbox? And I think what you're left with at the end of the day is how much can I sustain health with just a, a lifestyle and how much needs to be interve intervened on with supplementation. And then beyond that, now, how much do I require to be medical intervention? And if you do it in that order, then you often find you need the medication less and less. Obviously, if you're entering the system in the general population, usually you're starting at medication. But if you work with a functional medicine doctor, oftentimes you can find where do I lie on the spectrum. Indeed. And, you know, and the concern is uh, the medications uh, work to suppress uh, symptoms. But, the, you know, the concern is that uh, there, there is a cost because uh, immunosuppressive medications sometimes uh, render you more vulnerable to other types of problems, uh, even if your condition is ameliorated. So, uh, you know, even if a patient is uh, a believer in a uh, conventional approach, and perhaps rightly so, uh, it makes a lot of sense to to gain this perspective, to include this in your portfolio of therapies to uh, vanquish whatever autoimmune condition you have. Yeah, I think this was a hot topic over the past couple of years with the pandemics, 
specifically because the majority of my patients or people that follow me on social media and whatnot are afflicted with autoimmune diseases. And one of the things that you have to be cognizant of is what immune supporting herbs am I taking? Are they stimulating an immune response, which could or could not potentially end up in a flare or counteract my immunosuppressant or whatever? So you're really looking at how do I prime my immune system? And a lot of that is interventions like beta-glucans coming from either yeasts or mushrooms, um, just making sure that your mitochondria are, are functioning appropriately and that you have enough nutrient sufficiency that your immune cells have a reserve to pull mm-hmm. nutrients from. So you want you want Goldilocks immunity. Everybody is talking about yes. boosting your immune system or maxing your immunity. But uh, in some cases, that can be counterproductive. So you have kind of have to know when to hold and when to fold when it comes to these uh, strategies. So wh- where can people uh, learn more about you? First of all, you know, uh, give us a heads up on orthomolecular. Orthomolecular products is the supplement side of what we do, but obviously we have the Lifestyle Matrix Resource Center, which Mm -hmm. is an education arm of the company. Um, That's where we create all of the protocols, the handouts for physicians, the patient handbooks for patients to learn how to implement this stuff in lifestyle, um, in their own lifestyle and that sort of thing. And um, you can find that at lifestylematrixresourcecenter.com. They also have a social media page, so you can find them there. Me, myself, as a physician is just Dr. Angela Lechterhand is my handle on any social media. And where are you located? We are located in Barrington, Illinois, right outside of Chicago. And do you see patients uh, virtually these days via telehealth? I do not. Most of the work I do there is just education for free on social media platforms. And my primary job is to educate physicians and formulate supplements and dig into the research. Indeed. And, uh, you're on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and so on. Exactly. Now let's spell your name, okay? Because it's a little challenging. Yes. It's. Uh, <laughs> I'll I'll do it. It's L U C T E R Luchter Hand H A N D. First name Angela. That's right. Okay. Well, if people will seek you out and find you, and you you have quite a few followers, I noticed on Instagram. That's a uh, place where people gather these days. Yeah, I think it's it's been an eye-opening experience for me because I, I sort of went from being the physician to teaching the physicians mostly, and I just never stopped educating on social media because so many people are thirsty for this knowledge, and I just thought, what what a blessing to have a platform to help in whatever way I can. Well, we are then kindred spirits because uh, that's uh, my mission statement is getting the word out about uh, the benefits of natural therapies. And you certainly do a great job of it. You synthesize the subject beautifully. So thank you so much, Dr. Angela Lechterhand. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. As an Intelligent Medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site, It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com 
to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com.